0: You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. This is Tess. Welcome back to the treatment room. So today I am doing a solo episode and I want to focus on acne because it is something I have struggled with and I think it's something a lot of us struggle with and it is a condition that when i see certain clients i can tell it weighs so heavily on their hearts and it can be a bit of a lengthy process that takes patience it takes a little bit of grace for yourself i think it under it takes some cooperation with your esthetician and an eagerness to kind of you know take responsibility into your own hands and do the proper things at home for yourself but It is a condition I feel like I am managing fairly well at the moment. I am breakout free as of today, and it's a really good, rare feeling. If you struggle with breakouts, sometimes, like the days that you don't struggle with acne, are so few and far between. And acne has been something for me that came about. Later in life, I was always that lucky kid who just never had breakouts from middle school through even a little bit past college, so it was really foreign to me when I started breaking out in my mid-20s. Ironically, around the time I was thinking about enrolling in esthetician school, and I had actually gone on vacation with a bunch of girlfriends. I had met up with Lauren in Palm Springs, and this was the first time I... I can remember like actually having problems with my skin and it was like these inflamed little papules, a lot of redness, like a, a heat, like a hot, hot, almost itchy rash and a bunch of breakouts all around my cheeks and jawline. Likely it was, you know, caused by the extreme heat and conditions and not properly taking care of my skin. So this was the first time I can remember starting to struggle with acne. And I just remember not wanting to take pictures with anyone, not liking how my makeup like laid down because I had so much texture and that was really something new for me. And again, this was about the time I was starting esthetician school. I had even gone to a dermatologist and not to put a blanket statement on this practice, but my experience was really poor. I had a really short conversation and was given a prescription strength retinol that was really much too high for me at the time. Anything I put on my skin after using the tretinoin would just burn my face, whether it was water, whether it was cleanser, whether it was moisturizer. It just felt, it all felt like acid on my skin. And I was really frustrated. I had, you know, thought that maybe that's just kind of the hump you get over with retinol. So I, I kind of tried to stick it out. Eventually, there was a point where it was just too, too much. And I had to ask for a lower prescription because my face was on fire. I had even tried spraying a lactone for a little bit because I had just heard other girls having a positive experience with it and I wanted an easy fix to my acne. And that's not to say it can't help a lot of people. It's not to say it can't be beneficial if you're if you are, you know, experiencing an androgen imbalance. But for me, I just asked for the medication not knowing you know anything about possible ramifications or understanding the fact that it really is a blood pressure medication it's you know it was realized that it has side effects of helping with acne but i am of the mindset that we don't know enough about it in the long term when it's being used to treat acne rather than blood pressure so I had tried getting on that medication. It actually didn't really help my skin, which may have been because the dosage was so low. I'm not sure. Didn't do much for me. But here I was in esthetician school feeling really ashamed because I didn't know how I was supposed to help people with their skin or why clients would trust me when They just saw a face full of acne when they met me. So I was really insecure. I was already nervous about starting a new career. And here I was in school and I just felt like I was that one girl with acne. So my confidence was low and there were a bunch of things going on in what I was using at home, my diet all these different things. So I've made a little list and I wanna go through each one because these are some of the things I discover when I am talking to my clients that can cause an upset. So I will just go through this list and I really hope this helps somebody on some level. And I wanna reiterate, if you're an esthetician who struggled with acne, it really gives you such empathy into your future clients who may be going through it. It's I think it's a really great thing to have a personal story attached to why you are in skincare. I think it makes it that much more meaningful. So just know that it doesn't make you any less credible. It's something I still struggle with the occasional breakouts, but my skin has gotten to a much healthier Balance place and I can recover from acne a lot faster than I used to. So there is hope. And I will just kind of dive into the this little list I have here. And again, these are things I go through with my clients when they are struggling with acne and they are so confused and just don't even know what could possibly be triggering their acne. So we'll just dive in. The first thing that was really off with my skincare was that my core routine was all based on recommendations I was hearing about bloggers, influencers, YouTubers. It was all just based upon random people's good experiences with products. So I had... cleanser that had, you know, alcohols and sodium lauryl sulfate. It was a really strong cleanser that came in a stick form from Sephora. And so I was essentially really stripping my skin, making it surface dry. I was also using makeup wipes that, you know, I'm not a fan of makeup wipes because they tend to just rub around what's on your skin, the dirt, the oil, the makeup, The debris and just mix it all together. There's a lot of harsh preservatives to keep those wet wipes from, you know, going bad in a a little wet packet. Um, They tend to have fragrance and a lot of irritants. So I think they just cause inflammation in the skin over time. And I was using them every night and then I was using my harsh cleanser. I was using basically a chemical exfoliant every night on top of these harsh ingredients because a lot of these cosmeceutical brands were marketing peels as products you should use nightly. And I think some of them, and for some people it can work out, but I think it's really tough to hand out a chemical exfoliant on any level and not have any consideration for what people are using at home, where their skin is at, and tell them to use it every day. I think it can just be a problem in terms of inflammation. I was also on a big oil kick. This is when oils were starting to get really trendy. My favorite blogger used them in her routine every morning, and I just thought that is what I could do should do if I want to be proactive about anti-aging. So I was throwing on a ton of oil, giving myself way too much nourishment than I needed. And altogether, this routine was just not cohesive. I'm sure a lot of the lines didn't work together. I didn't have The basic core ingredients I think are important for healthy skin, which would be, you know, vitamin C, some sort of AHA, BHA, and a retinol. I was just kind of all over the place and buying what is trendy. So I think that is the first thing to evaluate. I think it's so important to go get a facial and have a few professional products recommended for you and your skin and whatever is concerning you at the moment. So I will say those recommendations from a good esthetician um, for professional products I think is the best way to go if you are wanting to see results whether it's anti-aging or acne, whatever you may be wanting to see, I think just professional grade products tend to be not that all brands are created equal, but it tends to be like the surest way to ensure that you are going to get the desired results you want because these products are based on quality ingredients and research. And these companies really have a promise to keep when they're making claims. Okay, so that was the first kind of thing that was being thrown off, the core routine. Next, I want to dive into diet because I was attempting to be really healthy on my own. I have Hashimoto's, so there's already a lot of inflammation in my body. But by attempting to be healthy a lot of the times, sometimes... I would lean towards actually having a lot of sugar and fruit in my diet. And not to say fruit's bad, fruit's wonderful, but I, if you know me, I love smoothies. I was making smoothies probably once, two times a day. These were, you know, very sugar-driven smoothies with a lot of tropical fruits like pineapple, banana, mango, dates, all the things, um, because I love smoothies. And I was still eating dairy at the time. That was one thing I figured out had to go. And it doesn't have to be forever. But I think if you are experiencing acne, especially hormonal acne, dairy is really something to look at And you may want to try just eliminating it for at least three weeks to see how your body responds, because if you are breaking out, a lot of times it's an indication that you are consuming more dairy than your body can handle. And this is a conversation that is so tough to have with a lot of my clients, because People love their cheese, like they really love their cheese. And sometimes it's a little bit of an easier fix if it's just like milk in their coffee. Maybe that's something they can work on replacing with a different plant-based milk. But when it comes to cheese, I noticed that is the hardest thing for people to kick. And it's just something to maybe think about if if they really do want to work towards having better skin and reducing the infection. it's just something um, that's a personal choice but I can I think can be a huge player um, in terms of how their skin reacts. So the diet was something I've now I feel I have much of a better grip on I try to make my meals um, you know really antioxidant rich have a lot of healthy fats. And be very greens-based because um, plants and vegetables are so healing. They really are the best medicine. And trying to implement those food groups and depending less on sugar has helped a lot with my skin. Okay. Next, I want to get into my workout routine, which is also a big part of my life. I love to work out. And you'll probably come across a lot of clients who do as well. And so I think it's always worth asking, what is their process like before the gym and after the gym? Because a lot of times people are making the mistake of not removing their heavy makeup when they go to the gym. And they're making the mistake of going to a class, trying to rush home or drive home, come home, make dinner, all that when they really need to be cleansing their skin straight away after the workout. That bacteria works really fast and it can be very caustic for the skin. So you don't want to wait. You want to dive into your cleansing as soon as you can um, after the workout. And if somebody is just starting up a new routine, it's something to keep in mind that stimulating those sweat glands can actually really trigger acne. Um, so it's just something to consider. I think the best way to go about like a gym workout routine is to typically like remove any actives from the skin, things like vitamin C or retinols. You don't want to work out with those things on the skin because it can, it can just breed too much inflammation. I think it's best to gently cleanse the skin and work out with something very light, like an oil-free moisturizer on the skin. I think that helps because it is not allowing your skin to get to a place where it is dehydrated and needing to produce more oil, but it's just, it's able to to function properly throughout the workout. Um, And something to keep in mind is that really heated workouts and conditions. I love a hot yoga class, but it's just good to remember that those can have an effect on the skin and you wanna just try to keep your skin cool. Um, So if that means like rinsing with cold water immediately after um, applying a little cool towel throughout the workout, that can help using the fan on the machine, a bunch of things to consider, but really good to just make sure you're cleansing properly after the workout, using something like benzoyl peroxide to kill bacteria after workout. Also not a bad idea if your skin can tolerate it. So, some other things I want to mention is let's get into like laundry detergents and dryer sheets because I notice a lot of times when I see a certain type of inflamed acne, I ask what type of laundry detergents my clients use. A lot of times it is Tide Pods. And I don't like to single out like certain brands, but this one in particular. I see it causes a lot of problems. There is just so many harsh ingredients from the fragrance to the different dyes and bleaches and um, cleansing agents that are really harsh. When these are on your towels, your pillowcases, your sheets, over time, it can just be aggravating. And a lot of times people say, like, I've used this since I was little, why would it be causing a, a problem now for me? And that is because I believe inflammation really is silent and it develops over time. It doesn't you know, develop overnight unless you're having an allergic reaction. But it tends to just occur slowly over time and eventually your body gets to a point where it doesn't tolerate it anymore. So I would be really careful in the detergent you choose I would say look for a free and clear option, whether that's at Target or Whole Foods, Trader Joe's. I think the simpler, the better when it comes to your laundry products. Same goes for dryer sheets. They tend to have a lie on them that's like a really fatty um agent and it just creates a residue on the skin that can be really, really clogging. So I don't recommend dryer sheets. I would say wool, those little wool balls are your best alternative. Although I don't use anything and my clothes are totally fine. Okay. So those are some of the things related to laundry. Um, next I want to talk about moisturizer because I think This is really important for people dealing with acne, and a lot of times, skin can tolerate a moisturizer that has some lighter oils like squalene or jojoba, but I think sometimes just going with an oil-free option that has a lot of anti-inflammatories to really feed the skin and help it repair those tissues is the best option. The hydrator from Germa Plus is my absolute favorite if you are acne prone and looking for moisturizer. You can message me on Instagram and I can tell you more. But I think it's really fantastic because you do need to use a moisturizer no matter who you are. I know sometimes people think if you're super oily, why would you use a product like that. And that is because your skin still needs water. It still needs those nutrients to feed the the cells, keep the skin healthy, but you don't want to overnourish with a ton of oils. Again, oils are something I think that should be reserved for a little bit of like a treatment. And if you are super acneic, I just wouldn't even go there. I think for, you know, normal skin, you can use an oil a couple times a week, do a little bit of facial massage with it. That is wonderful. And I am the biggest fan of facial massage. If you're acne prone, it can be too stimulating to do too much facial massage. So remember that. But I think oils are something that has... They have become so, so trendy in the past couple years, and people don't realize how many products they're using with oils, from a cleansing, cleansing balm to um, you know, different leave-on products that they use on their face, whether it's a serum, just a plain oil, a moisturizer with heavier comedogenic oils in there, um, a makeup setting spray, what else... Makeup itself, the list really goes on. So just evaluating the oils in your routine, I think, is really important. And that leads me to my next topic, which is makeup. And makeup is definitely something where companies like to use a lot of times oils or ingredients like dimethicone that make the product really silky smooth, products like a primer are going to kind of occlude the skin and leave that, you know, that silky barrier that almost makes it feel like your skin is completely one texture and super smooth. The problem with ingredients like dimethicone and silicone sometimes is that they really trap everything in. So that can be just a breeding ground for more bacteria and more oils to accumulate under the surface of the skin. So I think makeup is something people really need to start evaluating. If you're spending all this money on your skincare, why use makeup? That is going to do a lot of damage to the skin. And it's just tough because makeup and cosmetics has become, you know, such an exploding industry. And I love makeup. Like my whole journey on YouTube started with makeup. I loved makeup videos. I loved watching the application. I love learning about new products. I'm a makeup junkie, so I get it. But really thinking more about the makeup I'm using has um, been really transformative in terms of my skin So now I tend to use makeup that is oil-free and labeled non-comedogenic. I know this term can be a little tricky. It's not black and white, and it's more of a sliding scale in terms of how poor clogging a product may be, but still I think non-comedogenic products tend to be a bit better for the skin. My favorite option, I think a lot of you may know, that I believe is mineral makeup. Mineral makeup is something I've talked about on my Instagram as well as my YouTube. So I have a full post dedicated to my mineral makeup routine on YouTube and the products I really, really love. I understand the hesitation towards mineral makeup because I've had some weird experiences myself, especially when your skin can be on the dry side. I used to try to use the powder options of mineral makeup, and they just didn't look the best on me. I I think they can be really beautiful in some, but for some people, they might want a liquid formula option of mineral makeup, but that is just a type of product that actually has benefits for the skin. It's actually really healing. And some estheticians even use it in their facials as kind of an extension of the facial. So it can be a really wonderful healing thing. And I think it's nice to know I can put on makeup and not think, Oh, this is damaging my skin. So That is just an option if you are wanting to think about your makeup routine in more depth and start to think about little things that you are doing in your routine that may have an effect on the skin. On this note, I wanted to touch on makeup brushes because I think that is equally important. And I know sponges have become really, really popular as of late, and they are something a lot of people are using in their routines because they provide a really beautiful, seamless coverage, a really satin-like application. It's so natural. And I, I agree. Like I love the effect of a wet sponge when used with makeup. But sponges harbor a lot of bacteria. And that is one reason I am just not a fan. I think they're really hard to get completely clean. As I'm sure a lot of you have realized, if you've tried to clean your makeup sponge, like it gets a little bit of this stuff off. But that bacteria that you can't see is really in there. And a sponge is just It tends to sit kind of damp and wet. So I think makeup brushes are a little bit of a better option because they are non-porous. And I attempt to clean my brushes like every, I'd say like every couple uses, I will clean them because you have to remember every time you are touching the product, putting it back on your skin, going back in, you're just smearing the product's all around, mixing all of that bacteria. So over time, of course, it can have an effect on the skin. So always clean your makeup brushes. You can use your face cleanser, maybe even a shampoo that is sodium lauryl sulfate free. I think the less fragrance, the better. But you wanna make sure to clean your brushes as well as you can. And I would store them in an airtight container, something that prevents them from being exposed to all that airborne bacteria. And I just wanted to mention this because I know a lot of times people just will keep them out in a cup or keep them in their bathroom where you know there's bacteria from your toilet, traveling to your makeup brushes. It's just not a great recipe. So those are a couple things I think are important to pay attention to. Of course, you want to change your pillowcases frequently. I'd say every couple days just to make sure because you're lying your face down on that pillow every night. And again, new bacteria on your skin every night. Um, So washing your pillowcases. Also want to be very mindful of if you are touching your face throughout the day, if you are leaning your hand on your face, if you are holding a cell phone up to your face, I'd say the best option is to use headphones so you don't need to hold it there and still be sure to clean your cell phone frequently and just keep in mind all those little things that can really add up over time. Okay, so those are some things not to do. I wanna talk about a few things I started doing that have really helped my skin over time. The first is facials. I found somebody who's really an expert in the field. I trust him with my extractions. He does very clean and deep extractions, but the healing process is generally pretty fast. And it has been so transformative to get all of that congestion out of the skin which is so important. I know some people are iffy about extractions. You just wanna make sure you are going somewhere where they're doing a really good job because if you leave some of that infection behind, it can be really hard for the skin to heal. And that's why you, when you might experience a little bit of scarring, things like that. So I'd say find an esthetician you really trust and be consistent with those extractions, at least until you get the infection under more control. Okay. And of course, I'm on a professional grade skincare routine now as an esthetician. So All the products I use in my routine are professional and medical grade. doesn't mean they all need to be super harsh or your daily routine needs to be crazy harsh with a ton of actives. But I think it's just having the right formulations um, has been really important in allowing my skin to get to a healthy, balanced place. So my cleanser is soothing and mild. It doesn't leave my skin feeling squeaky or tight. I do my best to impart a lot of hydration throughout the throughout the routine. I use a hydrating toner in the day that's going to bind moisture and humectants to my skin. I use a vitamin C every morning, and that helps provide a lot of antioxidants, protects against free radical damage, and it helps my skin um, just stay bright and even. And it helps um, with the production of collagen. So it's a really great staple product to have in your routine, a professional-grade vitamin C. Um, I tend to use a really lightweight moisturizer. We have two at Derma Plus that I think are phenomenal. We have one that is oil-free that I tend to use in the warmer months, and then I tend to use a moisturizer that has a little bit of squalene and jojoba when it is winter time and my skin's a little bit more prone to dryness but those oils still are not heavy where it's gonna be too too much nourishment. Um, I I always wear SPF throughout the throughout the day and at night this is when I start to introduce products that help to keep my pores Clean and a couple really key ingredients for me have been salicylic for the non inflammatory breakouts. So, blackheads and certain whiteheads, the salicylic, which I use in the form of a toner, has been really helpful in terms of keeping the pores clean and that way the infection doesn't get deeper. So, I use my salicylic toner off and on every couple days or every other day. I also incorporate a benzoyl peroxide. Um, It's kind of like a little serum, and there's so many ways to use benzoyl. For me, the best type I found is a leave-on product. In this way, it's able to penetrate deep enough into the skin where the oxygen can actually kill that bacteria because bacteria tends to be what drives my acne and it works really fast, which is why you want to treat it with benzoyl consistently. Um, And using that benzoyl to kind of... um, exfoliate the surface layer also helps my retinoids to penetrate a little bit deeper. And the retinoids, which I use a prescription form, I know that can be controversial. Mine is a low dosage, and it really helps to keep the pores clean, just accelerates that cell turnover. And vitamin A, which is found in retinols, is one of the most proven acne ingredients. It's also really great for anti-aging. But using a combination of salicylic, benzoyl, and vitamin A has really been, I think, like a big part of the driving force behind breaking up the cycle of acne. Now, I wouldn't be able to use the products I'm using if my skin didn't have a good foundation. So that's why it's so important to make sure people are on a routine that's not compromising their barrier, that's maintaining the integrity and health of the skin before you are introducing those kinds of products. Because if the skin is imbalanced, just introducing mm-hmm. too much exfoliation can be really trigger- triggering for inflammation, which is at the heart of a lot of acne. So you need that balanced core routine, and then you do need eventually those AHAs, BHAs, those products that are going to break up that cycle of acne um, by kind of dissolving the, the cellular glue that's keeping those cells together and keeping that oil from getting out, if that makes sense. So those different acids and and ingredients are really important for acne-prone skin types. And if you are somebody who says, you know, I I keep breaking out, I get a facial and then I break out, likely you may need one or more of these products to break up that cycle. For me, I use all three um, and I use them gently and I back off when needed. There are certain areas of the face where I know are a little bit more delicate such as around the nose or the mouth. Um, So you just want to, you know, always treat these ingredients with caution. And that's why I think it's best to get them from a professional who is going to help you and be there to guide you in using these products because it can certainly go the other way, as I've experienced when you're just handed something and you don't have the correct foundation to be using something like Retin-A in the first place. Okay, that is, I think, a really great place to stop. I know I have rambled so much. I've talked about so much, but I hope these tips... Help you, someone you know, maybe a family member. I get actually a lot of uh, direct messages on Instagram from moms who are concerned about their um, their child's skin, and they wanna they wanna help. And I think it's really difficult to do that at the drugstore or at Sephora when you are trying to self diagnose and piece all these things together without a steady ingredient knowledge. So that's why I wanted to put some of this out there. If you are struggling with acne and you want a little bit of guidance, you can always message me on Instagram. I will put my handle in the show notes, but I hope this helped you guys and just gave you a little bit more of a knowledge base around acne. So Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys, and I will talk to you in the next one. Bye.